Hello listeners, I'm Ellie Kent, editor of New Mandala, where we're currently featuring the second series of podcasts on the Philippines Beyond Cliché. Today's episode was recorded by Nicole Curato in the Philippines, and in it she looks at the cliché of the lazy Filipino. Nicole, this is a new one for me. Can you tell us more about this idea of the tambay? So this episode features Dr. Clarence Batan, the former president of the Philippine Sociological Society and also a sociologist at the University of Santo Tomas in Manila. And he's been doing fascinating empirical research on the tambay, T-A-M-B-A-Y. Uh, tambay is a shortcut for the English word standby or the do-nothings, the um, lazy unemployed men, that they're usually men, who have been perhaps described as the moral other of the society. So in this conversation, Clarence deconstructs this concept based on years of empirical work. And spoiler alert, uh, the conversation understands the tambay from the lens of vulnerability. So basically he tells us that these so-called do-nothings are do-nothings because opportunities are not made available for them, either by the state or society, so they could take part in the workforce and in public life. And of course, this episode was recorded at the beautiful campus of the Central Mindanao University in the sidelines of the Philippine Sociological Society's annual conference last year. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So hello, we're in the sidelines of the Philippine Sociological Society's annual conference, and we're in Bukidnon. Yeah. And today we are talking to the former president yes. of the Philippine Sociological Society, uh, Professor Dr. Clarence uh-huh. Batan, who will break the stereotype, mm-hmm. uh, tambays are lazy people. Yes. But yes. first of all, welcome, Yaya. Thank you, Nicole. Nick, uh, thank you. Um, yes, we're so excited with this topic because mm-hmm. one of the biggest stereotypes, I mm-hmm. think, in the Philippines mm-hmm. is the idea that tambays are lazy people. Yes. But first, let's define what mm-hmm. is a tambay. Yes, okay. Well, uh, tambay is actually an English phrase on standby. And uh, based on my research, no, uh, it's an English phrase, so it seems that it was during the American colonial period that we pick it up. Mm. However, uh, historically, um, um, it's rooted in the notion of um, indolence of Filipinos, uh, uh, and there has been studies about Southeast Asians being lazy, right, uh, based on the colonizers' uh, uh, configurations of their yeah. constructions of life at that time. So I also subscribe to that, uh, to those uh, articles uh, written by Jose Rizal on the indolence of the Philippines, where he dis- deconstructed no, that we are not really indolent, right? It was the colonizers who pegged us as, as indolent. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, this is standby thing uh, that, that I thought was a weird culture of Philippine society. I picked it up because of my field work uh, at Talim Island uh, uh, about 20 years ago. Where is Talim Island? Talim Island is in the middle of Laguna Lake. Because I've been doing a lot of uh, youth sociology, thinking that we could do some development projects on them. And the, f- the first thing was to, to, uh, to do an ethnography of their life as, as fisher folks, no? um, uh, because Talim Island is under uh, such uh, tension that there will be an airport at the mm. time. The, the issue was to create a bridge that will connect the mainland to the island. And so that interests me. And then after doing field work there for a number of years, I returned and I told them that I'm doing this youth thing. 
And then they told me that after so many years of studying them, I should be writing something about tambay. And I mm. said, what do you mean? Because they need jobs. They simply need jobs. And so one of the interesting things was that I was thinking of studying about youth school work transition and, and how those who are in school are actually given, you know, translates their, their educational capital into work capital. So it's this school transition issue thing that I was looking at and only to find out that in my midst is an issue of the tambais. And tambais were thought to be useless because they do not have a job. Right. right? And so, so it's a failed transition. It's a from, failed transition. From school to oh, work. Uh, in fact, when, when I was doing my, my, my PhD work, it's not a failed transition. These are those with no transition at all. Ah. Because while youth transition discourse were saying something about transition, then when I was looking at my data, no transition is happening. And that uh, it only became very, very clear when we looked into the literature of those who are called NEETs, not in education, employment, and training. Mm. And so while all the statistics on young people when it comes to youth transition discourse point to the fact that we can and we should be tracking where our young people are going, so if they are reaching full adulthood, we realize that there are those segments of young people, not only in the Philippines, who are not transi transitioning at all. That, that uh, gave birth to the notion of NEAT, mm -hmm. uh, used even by World Youth uh, Reports and Statistics, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the closest that I, could, uh, you know, that I could think about when it comes to our standby phenomenon. Right. But our standby phenomenon is different. In the 1969, you could just imagine Erap Estrada having a film entitled Standby. Okay. So you could just What's his character like? Oh, he's his stereotype character. He doesn't have a job, he's drunk. macho, <laughs> drunk and yeah. everything. And so uh, in the late 1990s, 1960s, imagine uh, that term has been vilified into, <laughs> yes. into that, that same stereotype that we are, um, that we are facing at the moment. Uh -huh. But that shifted. That shifted, uh, I think, historically, in 2018, okay, when uh, Rodrigo Duterte um, uh, made standby a national issue, mm. it was, I, I, it was very difficult for me to find more, uh, empirical proof to tell everyone that there's something more about standby than what you thought that they are stereotypes because all my, my, um, all my. Uh, Field work in the four research sites I went to Talim Island, Manila, Ba'i Laguna, and uh, in Calamba Laguna points to the fact that it's not all about them not being lazy, but simply because there is no job av available. Right. So it, it, it is a structural issue than a personal issue, really. Mm. And so <clears throat> I, was, I was hoping that someone can pick it up in the policy realm. Yeah. Uh, and when Duterte was talking about contractualization issue, which is one of the causes of standby, that intermittent, uh, uh, the intermittent insecure work, insecure work arrangement, the precarity of employment and everything, that makes up the standby phenomenon. And so that for me uh, was a beautiful moment uh, when he was talking about changing the contractualization thing, right? But it changes in June 13, 2018, when in the midst of the police of the officers, he said, 
it just picked up all this standby because they are criminals, right? So they're even more stigmatized. Yes, because yes. Already in popular culture, mm -hmm. people who are on standby or is standby mm -hmm. are thought to be, yeah, they, they're not looking for jobs. Yes. They just go out drinking, they yep. make trouble, yep. they hang out in the yep. street corner and yep. hassle everybody. Yep, yep. So based on your research, what's the deal? Is that stereotype correct? No, it's not. It's because there are many types of standbys. Uh, what is so sad about that stereotype is that that is stereotypical of the poorest standbys, right? right? And so in my research, uh, there, there, it, when it comes to vulnerability scale, there are, there are the most vulnerable, massive vulnerable, and the least vulnerable. The most vulnerable are those stereotypical standbys who, who, who we thought very, very poor, uneducated, and what have you. The second one are those who graduated uh, high school, in fact. Mm. Uh, those who graduated high school but cannot transition really because there are no jobs available, even if they have the, the potential. They are the group who are really waiting because they don't know what to do. Uh, the, the Filipino society is, 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 is expected to make them finish whatever college or technical work there is, but they cannot. Uh, because there is no uh, access to education and to work. They cannot be accepted in work too because <laughs> um, they are just high school, yes, right? So they're underqualified. Underqualified. Yes. The, third, the third type, which, is, which for me is the least vulnerable, is actually the college educated. Uh, and to just give you a, a very, very disheartening scenario, imagine an island uh, where women were, 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 were given a chance to study college and usually they take education and so they finish education but there's one legitimacy issue always when it comes to finishing education which is the let the licensure exam for teachers which costs money which costs money and that uh, in, in in Talim Island there are so many women who finished education who cannot transition into getting a job because they cannot pass the exam, mm -hmm. which is reflective of the entire country's condition when it comes to um, licensure for teachers. So even licensure examinations produce standbys right. because they cannot transition into something. Uh, so you have so, a skill set. Skill set. But there are no opportunities. No opportunities. Uh, state society structures yes. cannot respond to the supply of talent, right? Correct. Basically, this is talent. Correct, correct. And so, and so when you talk of the standby phenomenon, I don't see it as just one poor, lazy uh, individual not wanting to, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to work, right? Even the socially problematized behaviors of drinking, you know, and smoking and what have you. I have, I found, I find that very, very problematic too because what we don't see are, are, is the fact that there are women standbys too. One of the stereotypical thing about standbys is that they're all males, right? Mm. You know, the, the Duterte's standby are all males. No, that's not true really. Uh, there are those who really suffer, the women yeah. who actually suffer in the process because they cannot get the job. And they cannot transition into. And so, what they what do they do? They feel like that they are just homes. Uh, uh, even the notion of housework is 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 something that is problematic when it comes to standby. Because I found out that there are also women who thought that they are standbys because they are not 
earning. Their, their sense of housework is not in the political economy of things, not really it's not labor. Labor. It's not paid. So this is the whole thing about this capitalist uh, society yes. that we have. And so if you're going to look into its dynamics, it's sad. But this is also class-based, right? Class-based. So I cannot imagine mm -hmm. a private school kid mm -hmm. who is jobless, but mm -hmm. will not be called jobless, because mm -hmm. this kid will be called as someone who's looking looking for himself, <laughs> right? Yes. Or taking a gap year. Yes, so yes, is yes. the term standby yes. also, um, it's, it's operating on the level of class. Yes, that's true, that's true. But again, uh, my recent discovery of the notion of gap year is interesting for me. Uh -huh. Because as we look into the class impact of this phenomenon, I see that we, that each class has a way to dealing with the same thing. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the same standby phenomenon, but they have a way, like the gap, the, the notion of the gap here for me yes. is technically pagtambay, right? It's a situation in waiting. And so uh, in sociology of youth discourse, uh, um, the first, the first concept was inactivity, which we don't subscribe to because it's not really true that tambais are inactive, mm -hmm. right? So, so that that's something that we have to look into. I think I'm subscribing more on the notion of precarity and waitwood. Right. Okay. Yes, I think yeah. that's 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 something that's very exciting to to look into. You know, there are many ways by which uh, work becomes precarious. But I would like to have this, um, you know, side variable, which is uh, the 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 weighthood uh, characteristic, right. and each of the class, young people at that, because most of those who are in waiting are really young, mm. right? Um, um, I am more excited at looking into the dynamics of weighthood, right? Which 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 has been the the uh, the emerging concept we use to explain the not in education, employment, and uh, and uh, training uh, group of people. I, I, I love <laughs> the concept of waithood because yes. it's pregnant with possibilities. Yes, yes, There's yes. so many things that can happen yes. when you're waiting for something yes. and you can realize it to something yep. productive. Yep. But of course, uh, what I also learned from you, um, you were talking about this earlier, is that President Duterte changed mm -hmm. our perspective of yep. the tambay. And yep. I think one of his pronouncements is that at a certain time, there's a curfew. Mm -hmm. All the tambays in the street yep. will be rounded up. Yep. I think in slum communities, they call it sauna, right? Yes, so yes. you go zone by zone. That's true. Look for the tambays, arrest them. Yeah. Some of them are even teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so as a sociologist of mm -hmm. youth, uh, mm -hmm. what's your reading here? Well, it's really a problem of perspective when it comes to the president. Because for one, the issue of zoning and curfew is an issue of space. Right. The reason why they are there right. is because there is really no space. They to, have no living rooms know, or no I public know. parks. And it's so it's so urban, right? Because <laughs> the tambay is in the rural areas, as such as in Talimaylan, works in a different. I mean, their space is so vast, right? But they call, they still call themselves tambay because they're just there hanging out, right? Mm, they're hanging yes. out. And so, I really think our president should really look into um, you know more empirical data before really saying things out of his personal you know, personal observations yeah. uh, I think that's where the problem is coming from you no know, meaning uh, when you have a president who probably does not really have time to read or to listen to to researchers <laughs> uh, 
it's really a big problem and and it borders to stupidity because if if i say na you know what it's really an issue of space right it's it's an issue of structure meaning there is no the reason why they're there because you cannot provide them livelihood right or why is it that they are not productive right it's because it's 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 the dismal uh, situation of, of of poverty in those areas and you cannot just change that by criminalizing those people in the streets right and so I really find him, I mean, I thank him for making Tamba a real national issue, but probably it's just a start of more critique about how we treat young Filipinos mm -hmm. and how we make sure that they reach full adulthood. But why do you think that kind of claim that Tambais are dangerous mm -hmm. um, is appealing mm -hmm. to people from, let's say, middle classes, right? Yeah. Because the president enjoys a lot of support from yeah. middle class and elite communities. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is, I think, urban poor communities, particularly those who are well off, mm -hmm. but also actually among some urban poor communities, mm -hmm. find the Tambais threatening. So why do you think there's that impression? Well, I see the impression as related to how media has actually played the notion of tambay right. in the popular culture. You see, tambay is not really that violent. We use tambay as as a as a safe space right. to hang like out. Like in universities, right? I tambayan know you call is it tambayan. And or then, if, for your, if you're from Ateneo, it's called the bench. <laughs> the bench, right? <laughs> the same concept, right? right. Pero talagang I think the, 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 well in radio, in 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 T-shirts, in all other popular uh, culture, uh, um, um, you know, um, uh, materials. Now, it has already already been part and parcel of our culture, right? right. But not to not not to that that kumbaga, it plays out in that manner because it's appealing because uh, there is some parang parang kasing tinutok so it's like a tease, right? Uh -huh. and there's something about that that that's appealing, right? But 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 uh, for me, um, to 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 that extent to which there is already symbolic violence happening, mm -hmm. meaning you represent something that is not really representing the real issue. That for me is problematic. Right. Uh, so, so I think, I think uh, uh, like for example, when my students are, are um, kumbaga, uh, looking forward to their gap year, right? Yes. That gap year becomes a sense of you know, articulation of their you know, leisure time and what have you. But when leisure becomes unproductive, see, that becomes a problem, okay? Mm. So what I think I'm arguing is that there is that element of enjoyment, happiness, of be of waiting. Right. But when is waiting becomes dangerous? When, right. when is it becomes threatening? Yeah. It is when you cannot move at all because you're not getting into any direction. Right. I think that's when the youth transition discourse comes into play. Yes. Is this peculiar to the Philippines? No, this is not. This is not. Um, uh, what is so exciting was when I was in Canada doing my PhD, my professor, uh, uh, Dr. Victor Thiessen, uh, advisor, he was so convinced looking at youth transition discourse in Canada that there's no such thing as a standby phenomenon in Canada. But after a series of youth transition discourse after uh, surveys after four four waves, he saw that there is this group of young people not moving at all. I 
see. And he told me, these are your, your standbys, uh, Clarence. Right. This, this is true. And this has been happening all over the world. So there is that uh, in, in, in Japan and in Europe, they call it not in education, employment and training. Uh, in, in Brazil, it's Los Niños, Las Niñas, right? right. The lost generation of the, of the so, so we, they, they call it, I know, they call it in different ways. Uh, right. And then uh, even in, in Afri Africa, uh, uh, Dr. Honwana called it uh, waithood, right? Uh, the, the phenomenon of waithood. And other one call it killing time. You know, okay. you know, the notion of killing time right. amongst uh, South Africans, right? And so there has been a lot of literatures uh, uh, pointing to this, uh, to this uh, effect. Uh, but with my fellow sociologists, they love that I use the term standby because that, that gives it a Filipino flavor. And mm. they really wanted me to just write about it because it may give, uh, you know, Global South scholars a view right. that, that at least for now, a phenomenon uh, which is so localized and yet globalized may be starting some kind of uh, discourse on the precarity of work uh, brought about by structural issues, economic issues, and what have you. I've never <laughs> heard this concept theorized in such <laughs> profound ways. So I think, yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk more, but we have to wrap yeah. up. So in summary, let's mm -hmm. talk about the cliche. Uh -huh. Are Tamba is lazy people? No, they are not. Ah, I'm telling you. Thank you. <laughs>